Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussions about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your guest host this week, Kyle Hilliard. I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. Hello, Kyle, you're not the guest host. You're kind of, you're always here. I guess that's true. I'm like, Alex always introduces us introduces himself as one of the hosts which i think is actually pretty good we're like a triforce we're like he's wisdom i i your courage and i'm All right, i I'll guess i'm it. power that means and, and there's power. no and there's no like association with this i'm just naming them at random i'm not saying anything about anyone <laughs> yeah, right. i think you just gave yourself ganondorf i think it's <laughs> what you did i mean sure <laughs> no sure. and alex is very wise hey i haven't introduced you yet I, it, no one knows who you are. I'm a Unless guest host. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth piece of the Triforce. The fourth piece of the Triforce somehow. Uh, the other host here is Brian Shea. What's up, Brian? Hey, Kyle. I am just doing the best Tuesday that we are recording this. I know that it's going live on a You're Thursday. breaking the illusion. Now know. everyone knows we record on Tuesday. We don't always, though, do we? Doesn't That's true. Yeah. We don't. But yeah, yeah we uh, are they've been pretty bit. consistently lately. But yeah, I'm doing great. Good, good. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, it's it's a good week for the podcast because this week we are talking about not necessarily an order of uh, traffic generators on the website or general excitement, I think, but uh, in the order that we uh, have chosen, we're gonna be we're gonna talk about Super Mario Wonder today. We're gonna talk about Sonic. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. This is so- it's Sonic Superstars, right? You got Correct. it. Okay, you got well, Sonic's so yeah. name right, but you got Mario's name wrong. What did I say? You said Super Mario Wonder. It's Super Mario Brothers Wonder. <sighs> Super true. Mario Brothers Wonder. Sonic Superstars. And uh, we're going to kick Brian out, and we're going to bring in Charles, and we're gonna then we're going to talk about Marvel's Spider-Man 2. It's, it's, a, it's a big week, man. Like, we've kind of internally been calling it Hell Month uh, here <laughs> at Game Informer. This is our Barbenheimer, right? Because it's Spider-Man and Mario on <laughs> the same day. Like, this really yeah. is the Barbenheimer of the game industry. Like, people are going to go to GameStop and other stores, and some people are going to be dressed in overalls and hats. Some people are going to be wearing full Spider-Man bodysuits. And then the, that crowd is going to convene and have sort of like <laughs> a, a moment of respect and camaraderie of shaking hands. Like, hey, I hope your game is good. And like, I hope yeah. your game is good, too. And we like, I love blue and red. I love the initials that SM. True. That the, <laughs> wow, there we go. Even Sonic's kind of blue and red, isn't it? Yeah, his shoes is. are red. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and there's he's got those shoes. It's like Sonic doesn't come, like comes out earlier, but there might be someone that gets it like Friday. Maybe they want to be in the hype and they dress up in a Sonic suit, and they're like the one guy that's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm here too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But remember, this week also was supposed to have Alan Wake 2, but then they delayed it by 10 days. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, which I am grateful for. Sam Lake woke up in a cold sweat one night and was like, what are we doing? <laughs> why, are we, why are we so close to these other two games? I mean, I honestly appreciate that, that sort of, they were pretty public about that too. Of like, yeah, why, why would we fight everyone that week? We'll have our own week. It's like, yeah, absolutely do that. Why not? You know, but uh, let's, let's kick things off. And let's talk about uh, Super Mario Wonder, which Marcus, you you have you touched like at all? Actually, yeah, I um, okay. I played a little bit of co-op with Alex while we were overseas. Oh, interesting! For the trip right, that okay. we can't talk about yet. Um, yeah, but we I I did play it in his hotel room for uh, some video capture purposes. So I, I played like the first 
few levels. Okay, so you have you have had your hands uh, on on Mario and Friends. Okay, I have touched it. Yeah, I I have not. I'm at a, I'm at a pure zero. Uh, but Brian Shea, you maybe have you've played this game more than even other people who have had a chance to review it. I think at this point. I mean, I am currently at uh, the Switch thing updated because, like, you know, the first ten days it just says like you played it first nine days ago or whatever, and now it has updated to tell me that I've played more than 30 hours of this game, which... Oh, boy. But I'm also counting in all the cover story stuff, yeah. too. Like, you have spent so much Probably time with Mario Wonder. three or four hours on top of those 30-plus hours that I've played for review were also, like, playing on somebody else's Switch for a cover story and a first hands-on preview and Nintendo Live, even, I got my hands on it to play a few levels. So yeah, I've spent a decent chunk of my life on this game, it feels like. So can you even say that you wonder anymore? Like, is, no. it, just, is it just Super Mario Bros. pretty good handle on what this is? <laughs> it's Super Mario handle. Brothers. I have 100%ed this game and done everything you can do cool. in the game. No, oh, that's wild. I've bought everything from the shop. I've gotten all the collectibles i have beaten the final challenges which are uh very difficult let me say uh i can understand why when i was interviewing takashi tezuka and shirumori for the cover story tezuka was like yeah there were a couple things i wasn't able to do in this game and i was like oh i wonder like if that means it's really tough and it turns out it is it's very tough make sure you tell him that you did it too you can rub that in his face <laughs> well when yeah. i was interviewing them Tezuka said that, and then Shirumori was like, I was able to do it. <laughs> like, just kind of, he did throw it in his face a little bit. I mean, respectfully, obviously. He's not, like, yeah. being a jerk to him, but, like, he was kind of, you could tell he was a little happy that he was able to. Uh, okay, so I want to get your sort of critical thoughts, of course. But, like, you, since we're on the topic, toughest Mario, you think? No, or... I don't, no? I don't okay. think it beats, like, whatever final challenges I am not allowed to talk about until the game is released, which this podcast is Yeah, I don't need specifics. A little I just bit want before. kind of a broad, yeah. Um, it's very difficult. One of the tougher 2D Mario things, I would say maybe Champions Road in Mario 3D World might be the toughest Mario thing I've experienced. Still the king. I saw, I, I was th uh, scrolling through TikTok, and I saw someone playing that. Like, here, here's a TikTok of me beating that level. And that, like, made me sweat. Just watching that TikTok with the terrible resolution, the vertical resolution. I was like, oh, I spent so much time on that level. It's so tough. And yeah, there's no checkpoints. Yeah. At least this one uh, has some areas where you can catch your breath. Okay, so... Uh, where where are you at in the in the review process? Like in like this this podcast is airing on Thursday of this week. Uh, at this point, will a scored review be on the site, or are you just going to have impressions? No, I will have a that? review in progress on the site uh, at embargo lift. Which uh, people listening to this on Thursday, it will have gone up yesterday morning, so Wednesday morning. There is uh, a non scored review in progress. Okay, that was my question. I didn't know if you were ready to give it a score yet. Then there is a review that. that I have written that has a score. Oh, you do? Okay. But I'm not allowed. Oh, I guess I could tell you what the score is, but like, why? Because we're, we're going to have it a review on GameInformer.com. I don't want to spoil the fun when the review actually okay. goes up. <laughs> I mean, we do have to drive traffic to the site. So if you're just a podcast listener, check out GameInformer.com for this, the numbered score. But Brian, without a score how how is it is it good or is it are is is it, are you excited about it it's very good i think that it like i i have been on this podcast and my own podcast talking about 
how every time I've played this game for the cover story, for the first hands-on, for Nintendo Live, all that stuff, I've always said like, oh, it feels like it's probably the most creative 2D Mario game since Yoshi's Island on SNES. Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite. Uh, I, I love Yoshi's Island. So even even though they're not, I mean, they're not really similar, just to hear that it's like, you'll have some of the same emotions, maybe that's fair to say. Like, I would say it's, excited. It, in terms of the emotions and like, some of the creativity and structure at play, I would say it veers closer to Mario World 1 than Yoshi's okay. Island. But now that I've played through it and done everything you can do in, in the game, I think it's probably the best 2D Mario since that era as well. Okay. Now, I don't know if... I don't know what Nintendo would have to do to top Super Mario World for me because I am steadfast in saying that's the best platformer ever created. But it's at least the best one since those two SNES games. And that, I mean, that's right. a super high compliment because while we all look back at the new Super Mario Brothers series and say, oh, they started getting a little samey. They played it a little safe near the end there, especially. I think all four and, of And those, the beginning, I would argue, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> I think all four of those games were very solid. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them to be clear, but it just felt like from the first entry, it was like, this is very safe. This is what people want, and they're giving it to us, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that was also their attempt to bring back the 2D Mario uh, franchise, because at that point, they were on a roll with, like, all right, we have uh, Mario 64, then Mario Sunshine, and then they were gearing up to do uh, Mario Galaxy on Wii, and that in between Sunshine and getting close to Galaxy was when we finally got the return of 2D Mario, the first one since Yoshi's Island, at least as far as uh, as far as uh, like mainline entries are concerned. Like we, Game Boy Advance, we didn't get a single new Mario game; we got all remakes. So it was like, okay, is this just what 2D Mario is? Is it just like we're gonna get like old Mario games remade for whatever new console? Because you also have to remember that after Mario World came out, we also got like Mario All Stars, and it's like, are we just forever doomed to getting remakes? God, you know, I. Brian, you talked about in the cover story, the, sort of the, the gap, you know, in 2D Mario's. But yeah, it I had never quite, like, connected the dots in my head that, like, it is kind of bizarre that specifically on Game Boy Advance, we never got an original proper 2D Mario on that platform. That's so strange yeah. in retrospect. It's funny because I, I know people that played those Game Boy Advance games and they thought those were new Mario games because they didn't <laughs> have an SNES or just didn't play like Mario World or, or even like the NES games. I know people that were like surprised to be like, wait, those were those were old games. <laughs> like I thought Super Mario Advance 4 or Super Mario Advance yeah. was just a new Mario just called Super Mario Advance. I mean, sort of the, the sales probably reflected that as well, which is why they probably weren't in a rush to make anything original. Uh, here, here's an odd question for you, Brian. Which maybe this is an impossible ask, but I I like 2D Mario a lot, right? I am a, a human with a heart. I bleed blood. I like playing 2D Mario games. They're fun. I am a Mario 3D like sicko. Like that's that's what gets my blood pumping for Mario is new 3D Mario's. That's gonna be the direction I always prefer. Will this make me a convert? Or will I, you know, like, or will I still, my love still remain for 3D Mario and I, but I will very much have a great time with Mario Wonder. I mean, I think you're going to have a great time with Mario Wonder. I don't know if it's going to convert you from being like, oh, well, 3D is the side that I prefer, but it does borrow some of the wackiness that has traditionally been associated with the 3D side more so than the 2D side, because the wonder effects are just 
over the top bonkers at times. And they really introduce a lot of weird and surprising elements that keep you on your toes the way that like things like in Mario Odyssey would, where it's like, oh, what what gameplay is it going to introduce now? And then you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is what's happening on screen right now. And I'm, I'm controlling this, right? Like you, you're, yeah. you're going to be going through a lot of that stuff. So I think that in that sense, it might convert you and like you might enjoy it as much as you possibly could on the side of the franchise that you don't prefer as much. But I don't think you're going to be like, well, 2D is the superior side now all of a sudden, which, you know, I, I understand people who like both sides. Like, I think the 3D side yeah, is Yeah, which I'm one of well. those, to be clear. Yeah. Do you, do you think it meant, because like the surprise is very exciting. I mean, even from the release trailer, it was like, oh, this is bizarre and weird and oh, surprising. Yeah. Is it is it able to kind of maintain that throughout the whole game? Or yeah, I mean, they reuse a lot of the does gimmicks. It, does it, it does okay. That was kind of what I was wondering because like Mario's always been really good about not reusing a lot of gimmicks, frankly. And I and I was curious if they've sort of if they maintain that. But later. it's like gimmicks that you're like glad to see again. Like one time it'll be like, all right, the wonder effect was this, and that was really fun. I'm glad they did that. And then the next time you see it, it's like, oh, well, they really expanded on that gimmick and like either made it more difficult or made it like just go in directions that you never thought like, okay, well all of a sudden now you're doing this as this character or this, this creature that you've transformed into. And uh, I'm intentionally speaking in vagaries uh, for the audience because uh, Nintendo's embargo was very, very strict uh, until well, launch. You don't want to spoil anything either. And exactly. I mean, yeah. Truly. I, mean, I, I understand yeah. the reason for them not wanting me to talk about too much, but uh yeah that that would be why i'm kind of talking around certain things if anybody's wondering like why don't you just say stuff because i am not allowed to <laughs> why can't um, yeah. you just say stuff and just yeah, say what you just, mean yeah. dude <laughs> but yeah I, I i do think that while the gimmicks are reused they're reused in uh often creative and clever ways I assume they're not reused super quickly either like do they give you some time to sort of forget about them before you mm-hmm. they pop up again or is it I think usually you have like multiple levels between when a gimmick appears and when you see it again. Or sometimes you'll have one that's like diametrically opposed from one that you did before. Foes. What? So I Hamilton. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> if someone says diametrically opposed, you have to say foes afterward. That's that's just the law now. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn Manuel Miranda. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, sometimes you'll get like, oh, this is the opposite of the wonder effect that I did before. And that's kind of neat to see, like, because you're, you know, seeing the other side of the coin and that. But like, yeah, I mean, usually there's some some gaps. And then, of course, as you get later on, there's some really like cool stuff that they do with wonder effects that uh, I had a really great time with. Cool. Um, Marcus, I would be curious uh, just for your feedback. Obviously, you have not spent as much time with the game as Brian, but like. How was it just to sort of uh, play it casually? Because you're playing co-op with Alex, right? Yeah. It was, you know, it, it's familiar. It's a 2D Mario game. So it's like, you know what you're getting from like a base level. And I am someone that I, I've always wondered, like, if I prefer 2D or 3D. I feel like they're pretty even. Like a, like a really good 2D Mario and a really good two, uh, 3D Mario. I feel like are on the same playing field. But I was struck by, like how quickly the game does get weird. Like they don't waste any time sort of showing you like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't your granddad's Mario. Look at this flower. Look at the weird stuff it's doing here. Uh, which is nice, right? Like they, they, they just throw you right into it to, to very quickly establish how um, different this one is. 
Um, I love the look of the game. I, I've thought about that since they first revealed it of like the, the redesigned looks for <clears throat> I mean, Mario and, and, the, and the cast and even just some of the, the world design stuff where it's like, it's familiar, but it's different enough to where like, I still can't even in my mind pinpoint like the term I want to use for it. Like I, I remember when they first showed the reveal trailer, I immediately thought of that first issue of Nintendo Power with like Clay Mario doing his little jump. Oh, and I was yeah, like, he yeah. kind of vaguely looks like that in a weird way. <laughs> well, um, talking with the the art director, one of the things like that inspired him were the original concept drawings for like Super Mario Brothers was they were like, oh, well, back then they couldn't really capture all the detail with the technology that they had. So we were trying to capture as much of the detail that they were unable to capture back then with the modern technology that is able to like, you know, map out every millimeter of a character's body at this point. Yeah. I think all, yeah. all that to say, like, I think it's a great choice because like the, the characters have so much more personality, uh, just how expressive Mario is where he looks, he looks so happy to get that mushroom. <laughs> you know, you, you jump and he's just, <laughs> he's just so pleased with himself and everything that's happening I mean, around that's... him joy is a word i just associate with a lot of nintendo games i mean that's kind of what they're trying to get across right and like even just watching wonder trailers it just looks joyful you know yeah and i, I think that's kind of like the one of the first uh emotions i felt it's just like oh this is just so silly and, and getting to play with another person too and and the co-op stuff feels a lot more like manageable and less chaotic because you can't touch each other it's not like the new Super Mario Brothers games where you're like you're you're almost like stepping on each other's toes every two seconds because you'll go for a jump and then somebody bounces on his someone's head and sends them into a pit and you're like oh my bad bro, <laughs> and then, but you're not actually sorry and um, <laughs> but secretly yeah. you've you've created a lifelong vendetta yeah. you're still nursing to like this day groundskeeper Willie <laughs> but um yeah I, I like that and even just um like I got to play with the the elephant power up. And I had a great time using that, just plowing through everything. And again, just the just the visual entertainment that provides, because uh, we, Alex and I were playing as Mario and Luigi and just seeing these two stupid idiots with <laughs> his elephant versions of themselves, just, yeah. just absolutely wrecking everything around them, which is such a, a delight that, uh, you know, I wanted to keep playing. And, you know, I've only played like a few levels, like I mentioned, but... Again, it makes a very strong first impression out the gate to where I'm, I'm excited to spend as much time as Brian has just trying to peel back as many different secrets as possible in that world. Brian, did the voice work stand out to you in any way? Did, was it distracting? Was it just sort of you weren't you just sort of weren't even paying a lot of attention to it after a certain amount of time? No, I think or? it was fine. Like, you know, people yeah. pointed out like, oh, Mario's voice sounds different. I wonder if that's not Charles Martinet. But now we know it's not. But I think it sounds fine. Like it sounds, it sounds good. The the voice actor that okay. they got for him sounds solid throughout. Um, I did swap around characters a lot. Like I think I played as every single character at some point for a few levels. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say the music is a big call out. Like it is. Oh, good. Excellent. Nice. Like there are some songs, especially during like some of the wonder effects, because the music will change a lot of times with the wonder effects. Where there's one that I'm just like I've been whistling the entire time like since i started playing this game and it's yeah just very good soundtrack that must be nice yeah <laughs> i say that because i, mean, I can't whistle oh oh yeah i can't either actually we're uh we're on the same we're page failures yeah. together so you, what, what do you guys <laughs> yeah. do when you play the super mario 64 slide level 
That's all whistling. We just sit there quietly with our hands <laughs> in our lap. We don't even hold the controller. He just slides off into oblivion over and Now over. that I know this, like I feel bad because I feel like the All Things Nintendo theme song is just rubbing it in your face. <laughs> it is a constant reminder of my inadequacies, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so let's see. That's Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, the day it comes out... Um, Mario will be out tomorrow. It comes out October 20th, uh, which is just a few days after the release of Sonic Superstars, uh, which releases uh, the 17th, or released past tense the 17th. Which, but real quick before we move on from that, I did want to plug that you know my full review will be live on uh, Thursday night into Friday morning. And alongside that, I will have a, a couple of guides for you to check out if you are having trouble finding certain things in mario wonder you will be able to go to gameinformer.com and uh get some bonus content surrounding super mario brothers wonder yeah brian really just killing it with all the mario coverage i mean you wrote the cover story you wrote a million stories to go alongside that then you published the cover story in full on the site and now you've got the review and all kinds of guts it's impressive i i love this game i will just flat out say that i love super mario brothers wonder again think it's one of the better we're getting close to a score here be careful one of the better 2d mario (laughs) games out there nice but i am very excited to not write about the game for a long time after i mean it's like kind of like when i saw the mario movie three times in the span of like 10 days and i was like i like that movie a lot i don't need to see it for like another year at this point (laughs) instead i'll play the new game for like a thousand hours (laughs) but no i i i very much recommend super mario Bros. wonder nice yeah no i'm 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 very excited to to actually like it's like i haven't touched it at all so i'm very excited um but let's yeah uh brian ruined my perfect transition uh, by insisting that we include plugs <laughs> early in the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I want to hear about Sonic Superstars, uh, which, Marcus, you you have reviewed. At this point, there is a scored review on the site? or Yes. I don't have a score okay. right now. because I'm still, At the time of this recording. I'm still right. finalizing the, the written review. But, yeah, by the time you read it, that thing will be up. And you will have already given me your, your thoughts on my thoughts. I guess that's how whether, this relationship works. Wanted them or I, not. I have thoughts about your thoughts, sir. Um, but yeah, Sonic Superstars, new 2D Sonic and a new 2D Mario. Uh, has that ever happened in recent memory? Now that I think about it, on the same week. I mean, not that I don't think it's it. ever happened. It's happened in like the same year, but not like the same week. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, we had Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter this year, and a new Sonic and a new Mario yeah, this two, year, two, which is bizarre. Two hot rivals. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, this was sort of this game is built as like a, a one a return to the the Sega Genesis style Sonic adventures because you know it's got Sonic, Tails, Amy, Knuckles uh, in, the, in the classic forms. You remember them. Uh, the platforming is a one to one to the, those old games in terms of physics and even just like the the level design but the game takes like a big leap forward uh in two ways <laughs> one you have all these new powers from the chaos emeralds you collect you know no longer are they just sort of pretty gems that you need all seven for them to mean anything now they each give you a special power whether it's uh to make copies of yourself that just swarm the screen and just hit whatever's in front of you or you know one ability reveals hidden rings and, and platforms that would be invisible otherwise and, and just some other perks and then the other big addition is co-op with up to three other players for a full four-player session and you can run 
the entire game together. It's drop in, drop out. Uh, online, or rather local only, uh, no online co-op, unfortunately, due to reasons of it. I'm trying to think what was the, the official reason of like, oh, it'd be too hard for people to stay together and connection issues could get in the way, so local would be oh they had like a line kind of about on they did there was a okay all right yeah they, they got out there and kind of explained themselves a bit uh i will say on the the sort of like first half of like the first pitch of this game of like hey remember sonic it's as you remember it uh they nail that it, it feels perfect like i as someone like i was a genesis kid much like you know brian you were too of like sonic was my there was a time when I didn't think we could get any cooler than Sonic the Hedgehog, just as <laughs> as human beings. And then Shadow like, came along. I uh, know I was the opposite, where I was like, I don't think we could get any lamer than this. Um, but but you know, like it was like putting on. I, I wrote this in my reel. Like it's like putting on an old shoe, where I just got in there and I did all the things exactly as I remembered it, and everything behaved the way it should, and that felt great because it feels like this could have come out in the 90s in terms of like pure gameplay uh the presentation looks great i think the the environments for the the different zones look nice i think the zones themselves are generally pretty fun uh i like my favorites are probably like speed jungle which is like the second zone it's kind of got like the the big vines everywhere that you're sort of surfing on with your feet like disney's tarzan uh there's a really cool one late game i won't spoil but it's got a pretty cool little um like transforming mechanic in there where you kind of like do like a sort of like a pixelated version of yourself that that's pretty great and yeah like all the zones are generally pretty enjoyable to get through uh i will say that you know this game is a classic sonic game in like the best and maybe not best ways in terms of like a lot of the level design has always been around sort of like trial and error where like you know you're you're supposed to go fast right like that's the thing with sonic you get in there and like it's not so much about like stopping to explore like you can do that but like you're everything's like all the platforms are basically ramps to some degree like ramps are things that propel you forward so like the, you take a few steps you're going to hit something that sends you flying and that feels good because you're just collecting everything you're hitting things as best as you can along the way and you're attempting to anticipate <laughs> what might be coming next and they're like okay they're sending me over this really large gap i hope there's something that's gonna catch me or if i miss it maybe because like level design is you know tiered of like there's always like a bottom middle and top version of a level and then maybe a top top version and if you miss one t you're like okay i I assume there's something here that'll sort of catch me and i can keep going and then sometimes that's true and then sometimes there that is not and you can't you just won't know until it happens and i i think with this game the times where the game will send you into like spike pits or an enemy that you can't like ball your way through it because it's just like maybe it's armored or it's got spikes or it's just got something that you just you don't know right you just don't know until you hit it i hate it that, when i get right. to a situation where i can't ball my way through it yeah <laughs> that's the official term i believe right i i think that stuff again as someone that grew up with these games i think it wore on me a little bit more than it has before and i think maybe like modern platforming and image just game design sensibilities has made that stuff stand out more where it was more irritating than it has been it, it does help that you have unlimited lives now in this game you know back in the old games you had a life and continue system that's that's gone here which is great because you're going to die a lot of like 
straight up cheap ways in this game just because again you're gonna hit stuff and you're like well how would i know that there was a five guys in this hallway that you can't just jump through or fly through because they're just positioned in just the right way to where you're just gonna hit them you know and hopefully when you go down the ramp if you decide to ball up to a ball that might work out um but if it's something that you can't ball through i'm gonna keep saying ball through (laughs) (laughs) then you're out of luck or if you decide to just run through it you know it's it's the classic sort of like um conundrum with every sonic game of like if i'm running this route should i just keep running or should i just speed through it as a ball as for protection and then you're kind of like it's a coin toss on whether or not that's going to be enough to get through whatever might be ahead but because of like that that trial and error nature it feels like you're sometimes it, it almost can feel like you're being punished for doing what the game presumably wants you to do of like yeah go fast and you're like okay i'm doing it and then you hit like five things and all your rings go flying you're like okay well I guess I should take my time, but then you're like, I don't want to do that in a Sonic game. <laughs> I mean, again, if you want to maintain any like adequate amount of rings, you have to take your time to some extent, especially because you want to hit the checkpoints and open up the uh, special world because you need like at least 50 rings to, to open those up. But I think there's, I, and I'm even still trying to like come to terms with it in my head of like, should it like, but shouldn't you just let me fly through a little less impeded like not saying no obstacles whatsoever but maybe a little less so just because that's kind of what this series is or is supposed to be and i don't know maybe they with some of the levels or a lot of levels in this game maybe there were times where it felt like they get a little overboard we're like oh my god i just got hit by like five things (laughs) that just feel set up perfectly where you hit one and then you bounce into another one or, or something like that again it's like if you're like a genesis kid you're like used to this and I think that's what got me through it of like, just thinking like, well, yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of Sonic <laughs> to some extent. But again, it kind is that, of... Is that enough these days though, honestly? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative, but like, you know, is it just being like Sonic? Is that, is, do we want more from it? Or is, is this what we want from Sonic at this point? I asked two Sonic fans. I mean, it's, I was thinking this too of like, well, what would the solution be? Like, how do you... Right how do you rework the design to where maybe that's a better or happens less to where it's still, there's still some danger involved, but it feels less like middle fingery and more like, okay, I think I could have seen that if I had reacted in this way, instead of like, you're going to hit it. And the only reason I know what to do now is because I hit it. <laughs> and now I just know next time to be ready. Um, but that also means rerunning potentially a long stretch, depending on when you got the, you know, your last checkpoint. And I, I don't know. It, it, like, Sonic design is very unique. And in, in you know, like I said before, it's less about, like, you know, Mario is a little sl- a lot slower because it's more about exploring and finding secrets. You, you know, there's obviously a lot of challenge and you can speed run those games if you're really good at it. But the game also isn't, like, you're not hitting things that send you into things either. You know what I mean? Where it's sure. like, you're flying no matter what and you better buckle up, baby, and be, be prepared for something and hope for the best um so yeah i don't know and like the emerald powers can kind of help a little bit but because they're optional because unlike the old games going into the chaos emerald role is not uh the world for chaos emeralds it's not tied to checkpoints anymore you have to actually go find them so they're a lot more well hidden now and there's still some i'm trying to find myself um which again i I, there's some part of me that's like does that clash a bit with sonic having to stop and explore because i just kind of want to keep going and then again it's a little harder to do that just because again so many triggers can send you in a direction you might not be ready for but because they're optional off to the side the powers also 
aren't designed to feel necessary in the way that even a Mario power-up feels like. And those are optional too, but I feel like there's, when you get a Mario power-up, it, it feels like a game changer. Like, okay, like I do need this to get through this. Like maybe if I was good enough, I could get through the stage without a mushroom. But like now that I have this mushroom, I feel like I'm ready to take on the world. And I, I, I don't know how I could have done it without it. Sonic, I honestly, I forgot I had Emerald Palace for a lot of the game. I would have to remind myself to use them. Like, oh yeah, I have a little weapon wheel that I can, I guess I could turn into this water, this water droplet and climb this <laughs> waterfall. And I don't know, sometimes there's nothing really up there that you couldn't have reached uh, on your own. Okay. But you're like, I guess I could do it. And like, there's some better than others. Some are very ultra specific and then others are a little more general, like, the one I used the most was the bullet one, which turns into a fireball that you kind of aim and shoot yourself up. So it's like good for like, yeah, that sounds all right. just get like an, an extra jump or to even cheese some segments where it's like, you know, instead of carefully platforming here, I'm just going to sh- bypass this and just shoot my way up as, you know, as far as it can go. But I, there was a part of it that did wish I, I needed them a little more just because they are such a big part of the game. And I don't know. It's weird because again, they, they can't be because they're off to the side. Like, you can easily go through this whole game and not see a single ring or get any of them just depending on how you're playing. But I think because there's such like, there's so many of them and they were kind of positioned as like, Hey, these are big new things that I was kind of hoping the level design would maybe accommodate that in a more interesting or meaningful ways, you know, like they don't hurt the game, you know, they're not bad. Right. They just, but they're not, it sounds like almost the levels just aren't really designed around the powers. And some of them are intentionally not like the waterfall one. Like there are levels that don't have waterfalls, so you're just not going to use it. Well, you, you can also I mean? use right. that underwater, like in you can like normal yeah. like water parts of the level, which makes that a lot better. Just because you know underwater levels suck in general, they're particularly yeah. bad in a lot of Sonic games. So that I definitely would recommend using that in yeah. like actual water levels. But yeah, it's very situational. But Mario has that as well with like badges, right? Like. There's an yeah. underwater specific this one. Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's like a, a situational one that's called Dolphin Kick. And literally all that is, is you press the shoulder button and Mario does like a kick that makes him like go faster underwater. And it's like, yeah, well, this level, like probably 90% of levels in Mario Wonder don't have water in them. So it's like, oh, well, I accidentally left that equipped when I went into this level. I guess I just don't have the use of a badge in this level. Uh, Brian, well, I just wanted to uh, hear Brian's thought. I mean, how much Sonic have you played at this point? I mean, I know you've been very focused on Mario. Maybe you haven't had a chance to play too much yet. I've played a few zones on the review version of this game, which is the launch version now. Okay. But the majority of my playthrough came during the other cover story that I wrote recently, which was Sonic Superstars. And I played about half of the game during that gameplay session. And, you okay, know, I had yeah. a... So you, you have played a lot just to... Uh, at a different time. Yeah, and I, I mean, I had a good time with it then, and I definitely understand and agree with a lot of the flaws that Marcus is putting out uh, in this conversation. But, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time with it still. Uh, there are some problems with the co-op. Marcus and I actually used SharePlay on the PlayStation 5, where, like, I can join his local session, and that's how we enjoyed some co-op together. Yeah, pro tip for those that already, that don't know that you can get around the local co-op like that. Uh, you can only yeah, do it one other person, though, so you can't do like four players, but you, know, you can have someone else in there at least. Which is interesting in terms of like the limitations of Sonic Superstars when compared to Mario Wonder, 
because Mario Brothers Wonder also doesn't only have local co-op. It has online functionality with other things, like being able to have ghosts of other players that are currently in the same stage. You can rescue other players. Like if a player dies, they can like swim over to you. And if you touch their ghost, it will respawn them. And like you get points, like just like arbitrary points for like helping other players. And there's also like you can set up races between players, but there's no online co-op. You have to be local for actual co-op. And it's very interesting that like Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury had online co-op. And that seems like it's a lot more intricate, but I, I don't, what do I know? I I, I guess it makes <laughs> like, it's, it's just it a weird limitation, right? So often for us. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we could talk about the co-op uh, like in earnest now. Uh, like I said, Brian and I played uh, uh, several worlds together and the co-op is what I sort of envisioned it would be and that it technically works, but Ooh, it technically works. Like you can work. do it, but <laughs> I, I never really, the way 2d Sonic sort of like the flow of that, it never seemed conducive to good co-op. And I think superstar sort of affirms that in that, in the sense of like, you know, you know, like again, Sonic's all about going fast, like just go, get to the end and then pray for the best along the way. When you have another person there, it's like, because the screen moves so fast, especially locally, it's like someone's going to get lost just not only because of the speed, but also because there's so many, like the level tiers, like if you, if you're running on the same path and then you make a jump and somebody falls, but like lands on like whatever is down there, the game has to kind of decide who, who is sort of the lead. And generally the, at least from what I could tell, the player one is like the lead. So if like Brian falls, then he kind of has to respawn back to me. And thankfully, like the respawn is quick and you can also choose when to come back. So it doesn't automatically drop you in like a less than ideal spot. You can kind of like pick your, pick your like, okay, this is a good spot to come back to. But it, like sort of like communicating like, okay, are we going to go up here or what are we going to do here exactly? can be a little tricky and again the game you're going so fast that you don't even have time to have those conversations because you're just going and then so like the moment something like a fork in the road happens or just some sort of like hazard appears and you're just like oh wait jump and you're like okay somebody died all right or i died and i because i'm player one he fails too technically because the there was like one sequence where and i'm still not sure what the like logic is here but like we were doing this like roller coaster thing where you're just kind of jumping across roller coasters and there were times where uh, i would miss and fall but it would be fine because it would focus on brian and brian could keep going and then i could come back but then there are other times where i would fall and he would be fine but the game decided that i was the focus so it would follow me <laughs> to my death and then i would die and then we would both lose I and mean, we could i still could not determine like when does it decide that like so if it, i die we consistency yeah right uh, okay. and yeah it, right. it's just that and then also just the um you know you're you're sharing your emerald powers together but like only one person can use them at a time so if he uses bullet then i can't use it or or it goes I on to a cooldown i think yeah it, which is like in the game like you can refill it when you go through a checkpoint but it's something you also have to manage and whatever but uh, there, there are some of the like stage mechanics also don't seem great for co-op. Like one that was an absolute nightmare is this uh, in the second stage. There's like basically the stage is all dark. It's pitch black and it does the gimmick of like, oh, you got to get like a light source and you have to stick with that light source to see what's ahead. In the case, it's like a floating butterfly. And this sequence is tough playing solo because it's not it's probably my least favorite level in the game because to me, it sort of like clashes with, again, the idea of Sonic of like, 
having to slow down and very carefully platform, which I've always thought Sonic is, even at its best, is not great for that in the way that Mario is. And it's just not as fun. But doing that with one other person is a nightmare because the light source only stays with one player. For some reason, you both can't have your own little like a uh, firefly thing it's very so like silly. whoever yeah so for whoever doesn't have one has to stick very closely because the light that is uh that the player emits it only surrounds their body it's not like some big broad thing where two people can stand in it like you pretty much have to be right on them to be able to see and so it slows down the platform even more where brian and i basically bumbled our way through that stage oh, like yeah. there was nothing graceful about it we were just it was almost a war of attrition of like well we'll inch forward a bit and then die a bunch and then inch forward a bit and then die and then get a checkpoint and then curse at each other the whole time and then rinse and repeat till we got to the end and it was a thing where it's like this doesn't seem like like why just let the other players get their own lights so that they can at least explore independently and that's the thing is like it is counter to one of the core tenets of sonic and one that sonic superstars uses to good effect when you're playing solo is the branching pathways right that's always been a big thing in sonic level design it's like all right you should like you could be able to go higher or lower and there's different pathways you can take through the levels different things will have different like uh, items you can get or secrets you can uncover. So it's like, all right, well, Marcus playing as Sonic is running and I'm playing as Knuckles. And it's like, I go to the upper path and he goes the lower path and it just arbitrarily seems to follow one of us. And then we, the other person doesn't get to explore it. My proposal for how to fix almost every problem with the co-op is keep the local co-op as is add online co-op, but everybody, so you're in the same instance but everybody has their own screen. So when on my screen, I see my character. The camera follows my character 100% of the time. But if I run past Marcus, it will show him in the level as well. And maybe even have like a, a thing in the upper right corner or something that tells you like, all right, well, here's where the other characters are from your, your session. So that way, if you want to meet up with them, you can. But you're still running through the same area. The camera is always following. That would be the ideal situation because that alleviates all the problems of like, oh, well, Marcus ran ahead of me and now I'm like despawned until I choose to respawn where he is on like solid ground. That's a good because sometimes even it's not even just about falling behind. If you go too far ahead, it'll sometimes warp you back to, you know, whoever's behind. So you're like, oh, okay, I guess I keep. I guess I shouldn't have fun and go fast. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe if you do fall too far behind, it'll give you the option to catch up to the other player. But like, for your the Halo One effect, yeah. For right? your for your purposes, though, the ideal scenario would be like just have the camera follow your character in the online session, and then if you want to warp to the other character, you can do so with the press of the button, the way the respawn mechanic kind of works. Yeah, or I would extend it to like if it even in local play, I think it should just be split screen because that's what the like races were in Sonic Two. Yeah, but they sucked. Is- <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's like the, just the nature of Sonic. Like you need your own screen. There's just so much going on with the levels that you can't try to keep everyone in like a little sliver together and then say everyone move at the same pace when there's so many places you can go. It just doesn't it just doesn't work. I guess like TVs are bigger now and it wouldn't be like a weird stretching of the aspect ratio like it was in Sonic 2. Yeah, like, but yeah, as long as you can see your own screen and then like, you know, you don't have to worry about like staying together as much like just make it almost like a race where it's like you're still helping each other out but then maybe the added thrill is like hey you know it shows like who's ahead who's like first second third 
just to have a sense of where everyone is in the level like okay he's four so he's probably pretty far back um but like you can still like if you run into each other you can still kill enemies for each other and all that stuff i, I think just what it is now it's just it, it it just doesn't work like again it technically works and it could be fun in like a chaotic sense like you know it's it's funny to sort of bumble your way through stuff but if you're hoping for like if if your head in your like the vision in your head is like oh yeah me and my buddy we're gonna be taking down bad nicks like in sync and it's like eh, mm, not quite <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was i mean yeah i mean uh, co-op aside which is what we've been talking about i've had a really good time playing it single player yeah i think Same. that overall it is a positive experience when you're playing by yourself i don't i don't want us to get too bogged down on this one mode that we're like totally bashing. Yeah, I think, <laughs> but to be fair, it is like the centerpiece thing that they've been promoting. Like we got four player co-op for the first time ever. And it's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I agree. Better single player. Like okay. even my, re- like reservations about like the chaos powers and some of the level design, I did have like an overall fun time playing this on my own. Again, as a fun throwback Good. to 2d Sonic. And, and again, like, decent sonic games or can be tricky to find like you know the sonic cycle all that stuff um i do think if you go into this with some like measured expectations and if you know what you want again if you're an old school fan you're you're gonna get that like it, it i did have a good time overall i i think it's worth playing if you have that sort of um expectation with it but i like there with some like pretty big caveats Hey man, Sonic has been better lately. Like ever since Sonic Mania, he has been. I mean, we had Forces, but which wasn't great. But Frontiers was good. Superstars like, is pretty yeah, good. I, I like to play yeah. Frontiers. Yeah, we're on a, we're on a, uh, an overall positive trajectory. If we're only talking about the game specifically. Yeah, but you know, we talked about Mario and Sonic. One of those probably has a higher review score, but we don't have to <laughs> decide which one. I'm reasonably Mario's. sure one of them will. Yeah, this is Mario. There's no way of knowing, unfortunately. Uh, that's my favorite uh, game is Mario versus Sonic at the Metacritic Games. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I uh, I have my bets in on uh, one. I've had my bets in on that uh, pretty early. Uh, I'm betting on Olympic games, but uh, yeah, here let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with Charles to talk some Spider Man and uh, we're we're kicking out Brian because he's a busy man and he's got stuff to do. Thanks for coming by, Brian. Thanks for having me. I uh, hope you guys all have a wonderful time trying to play all of these games that we are trying to cram oh, into right. one episode. I know, it's insane. All right, we'll be back in just a second. It will seem like nothing to you. It'll be minutes for us. It's incredible work, just what this editing does for us. We are back, although the way we edit this podcast, it seems like we didn't leave at all. But, you know, it begs the question, why even claim to be taking a break? But <laughs> I mean, somebody, somebody left. That's true. That is true. These are just questions I ask myself when I listen when I'm on the show for any podcast. Where I'm like, you guys didn't take a break to me. You could have just kept rolling. I didn't realize you get so existential uh, when you think about this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, Brian had to go, which is fine because we have Charles Hart. What's up, Charles? Uh, I'm actually Brian. That was. Oh, I, oh, I started oh, doing the voice, voice, and I was like. I can't do a Brian impression. <laughs> Sounds like someone's it. been symbioted. <laughs> was that yeah, the I'm, verb? Is that? <laughs> I'm dark. I'm black suit Charles. Black. There you go. You gotta need to be a little sassier. This version of me hates Spider Man. 
<laughs> I'm testy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but hey, Spider-Man. You know, I'm not bringing up symbiotes for no reason whatsoever. The Spider-Man 2 review embargo has lifted. It did. Uh, Two it's, days ago it's, now. That's right. It's it actually kind of snuck up on me. I was I think it was Monday morning. I was like, oh, our reviews live. That's crazy. Uh, Matt Miller reviewed the game for us. I know we were withholding our score earlier, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give up Matt's Spider Man score. He quite liked the game. He gave it a nine point five. Yeah, out of ten. For if that's not clear. For yeah, yeah. Um, and let's see. I I mean, we've we've all been playing it. I think we can say. It sounds like Marcus, you're the the least furthest, which I'm ashamed of. Because I, okay. I mean, no it's offense, okay. Charles, but I, I might be the biggest Spider-Man fan in this chat. I don't know. Wow. We can, well, we can fight for I mean, that, Charles. I mean, one of us has two Spider-Man things hi- hanging on the wall behind us, and the other one's named <laughs> Marcus Stewart. But you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I don't, you know, to plug the video version. Only one of us has a Spider-Man poster right above their heads. <laughs> I don't need to uh, flaunt it. It's all it's all in here, baby. Okay, let's see. I see. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see. So I I have beaten the game. I've gotten a hundred percent, but I haven't gotten the platinum trophy. It's kind of like I don't know what that says really to you who doesn't know how the game is structured. But I've played a lot, and I've played like beyond what is required uh, of Spider Man Two. Uh, and then uh, Charles, where where are you at? What's what's sort of your completion rate on this game? I'm at the same. Um, really like these games this was the first time i actually played a game probably not the first time ever but i played this game starting out on the hardest difficulty because i really really i really wanted to test myself because i played i played both of the other games at least twice and it was hey hard difficulty it's pretty hard actually like that's that's, is it like good are you did you regret that decision or were you pretty happy with it at times i mean so the the boss battles in particular they just do a lot of damage and so especially when you get to later game stuff you can only get hit like two or three times mm. um but yeah other than that like completion wise i also got 100 i did not have a platinum trophy part of the reason i played on the hardest difficulty is the first spider-man game has trophies for each difficulty level so i jumped in being like i'll just play the hardest one now and Wait, then i did and then i'll get all the trophies yeah just depending on what you did I I definitely got a platinum on that game. Oh I, no, so, sorry. You know what it is? They added uh uh in one of the post-launch updates. They added the new uh, hardest difficulty. Okay, so that, in okay. Spider-Man 1, I have a platinum trophy, but there's a second section of trophies where it says right. beat it on like the ultimate difficulty or whatever. Um and so I had to go gotcha. back and replay it. So in my head, I think I was thinking that's what it was. So. Oh, that, that's fine. It's just the reason I even sort of uh, argued with you, so to speak, is because I remember Spider-Man famously being like a game that like almost everybody got the platinum on. And they were like, I don't even usually care about trophies. And a lot of people would be like, Spider-Man's my first platinum. And I was like, but you had to beat it on the hardest difficulty. But anyway, we're kind of like we're getting lost in the sort of Spider-Man weeds before we even talk about like the big question, which is like, you know, like the the critical analysis, you know, like what do you what do you guys think so far? Do you like it? Do you do, does it live up to the previous two? You know, like what? Let, let's start with you, Marcus, just because you're the you're the not furthest along. I don't know yeah. how the best way to I phrase haven't that. It. Yeah. But like, what, what do you think so far? You have not finished the game, but like, have you been enjoying it? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I got to play this, uh, well, a month ago in L.A., so that was my, my, my first, like, big taste of it. But, like, now that I'm several hours in, though still 
relatively early. Uh, I, I'm, I'm like hesitating to say like where I am exactly. Even though I don't yeah, think no, a, we don't need specifics. Yeah. yeah, even though I don't even think it's a big spoiler, but I, I don't know for people that don't want a sense of like how long it takes for things to happen. <clears throat> yeah, like I've having a very good time uh, with it. I'm having a, actually a blast with it, you could say. You know, we've touched on the web swinging the last time I talked about this game on the GI show. Uh, getting around this game is so much fun. And I agree with, um, I've seen people say that this is like the best, like not Superman game, Superman game ever because of how much fun it is to fly around. And and I agree <laughs> with that take of like when you when you're just like soaring through that city, you just feel like the world is your oyster. Like, I can get anywhere anytime. <laughs> yeah. You see, just like, like a, going between buildings and stuff like that, it just feels so good. Yeah. yeah, or even when you're like crossing the the the, the Hudson, I think it is right. The the bridges. I'm not a New Yorker, so I don't know where all the rivers are. But like you know, normally you're like, how oh, am I going to go over there? But you're like, oh yeah, I'll just fly over there. I'll be fine. And then maybe swing up the bridge. Like it, you just feel so confident in getting around. And it's weird because like there's so many different like moves you can do and like traversal abilities as you unlock them on that skill tree. But it all feels so easy to pull off. And it might be like arguably the game's biggest accomplishment is like it gives you all of these cool abilities from traversal to all your like web gadgets. And then eventually, like, you know, if you're Miles, your Venom powers and then Peter the Symbiote stuff. Like you have all these tools at your disposal, but like doing all of it and and combining all of those things is just so effortless to where like this, like this is a good playing video game. <laughs> and I, you know, I, a lot of video games, even um, ones that are like generally pretty good can somehow sometimes have mechanics that clash either because of like design or even like button placement. You're like, oh, maybe you can move this over here. Like, there, I, at least personally, I don't feel a need to remap stuff. But what's nice about this game is that it has, like, a host of accessibility stuff that I haven't personally dug into, but I've seen, like, people t- break down and, and see some clips of just, like, how easy it is to cater it to uh, fit either your playstyle or your needs in so many, like, granular ways. But, like, like, e- like even being able to map, like, the game speed to a D-pad button Mm. oh yeah i was so because i saw that there's like an option that you can slow the game down like overall yeah it's odd and my first reaction was like i was like can i not that i need to this game moves very quickly i was more just like curious is like can i speed it up even more that seems like (laughs) something insane and you you cannot uh but yeah that was uh, an odd but interesting uh, quality of life thing in the settings that I, i i never really considered you know yeah so that, that stands out. And then the other thing that stands out from what I've seen so far is like the storytelling and like the the, the character writing and, and the characterization. Like one thing I love about 2018 Spider-Man and then also Miles Morales is that game, as someone that has been a Spider-Man sicko since like I was a little kid, like he's my favorite superhero bar none. Um, and I've seen so many different adaptations of Spider-Man. I've read so many comics and, you know, and to it's a feat to make me fall in love with those characters again because I've seen them so much and so many iterations of them. But like the 2018 game managed to like like the way they write those characters reminded me of like, oh, no, this is why I love this like this world. And like this is why I gel with Peter Parker. This is why I love MJ and, and you know, Miles as well. And this game is reminding me of that like. It, it, it's like I, I like seeing the characters and like their like current places in life and just seeing how they've kind of grown since the last two games. And also just like those games and this one too are such like 
beacons of optimism in such a great way like i i like and that's just inherent to peter and miles's characterization of like no matter how awful things get and you know they'll acknowledge like hey this this thing that's happening sucks but they always manage to sort of like bounce back or like find a silver lining in a way that doesn't feel like like they're ignoring it or like trivializing it necessarily you know it's like a very grounded like hey yeah no this this is really hard and you know this is going to be a a trial but i'll get through it because of like either the people around me or because i know i can do it i don't know maybe because of like the current state of the world is like less than great right now (laughs) with certain things happening overseas but uh it, it has felt even more empathical and like like not even escapism but sort of like a reminder of how good people can be if they really try (laughs) that's something that i've really enjoyed about the game so far i i'm not going to dive too deep into this because this is definitely a larger discussion that that should take place after the game comes out and more people have spent time with it um but i will say I, i i agree with all of that marcus and it's kind of one of the reasons in general um, in Spider-Man media, like movies, comics, this game, etc., I don't love like Venom, like black suit mm. stuff. Right? We're talking about Venom, like not Venom the like, character. You mean like black, black suit, suit Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. yeah, like I just and it's like one of those things where I remember like watching Spider-Man three in theaters and kind of being like, this isn't really working for me. Yeah. And Which, not to really be fair, being able. That's a bad version of Black Suit Spider-Man. <laughs> I, but but the thing that I'm getting at is, like, I don't know that Black Suit Spider-Man is ever going to be sort of, a, like, an exciting Spider-Man story right. that I enjoy. Um, which is why, and like I said, this is a conversation for later down the, the road with Spider-Man. Um, uh, like, it, it it's not my favorite story among the games, mm. is, is basically where I'll leave it. But still, still quite good and mechanically Christ, this game is just so much fun to play. You know? It's, uh, it's but yeah, really I, I, Charles, please like uh, get. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I was gonna say just on the the way the mechanics and like the combat feels. I have been having such a hard time having played this game and then being like, all right, I should play other things, and then doing like any other combat system because I'm like, gosh, it just doesn't it doesn't feel as good as Spider Man. No. Um, yeah, and this one especially. Uh, you've got new like abilities you can slot in and out. Like as the game goes on, uh, Peter and Miles each get new abilities. And in there's not really a version of it in the 2018 game, but Miles' Venom powers um, in the Miles Morales game, you could just activate it by holding a bumper and then pressing one of the the main buttons. And I always liked that a lot more than uh, uh, at least the feeling of doing it a lot more than the gadgets in the first Spider-Man game because you have to kind of like pause mid combat and kind of like pick oh i want uh this one on the wheel or whatever and then do that and i like that in this one it's a lot more like reactive um and instantaneous and in this one they take uh peter's got like his iron spider arms at the start and he's got a bunch of abilities there and you're just slowly unlocking this stuff and that's like just goes to show that it's it's so impressive that they it was a really good combat system in 2018 and in every game they have somehow managed to make it more fluid and feel better i think 
Because I, I actually I don't remember. Do you you had to pull up like a weapon wheel to use? Yeah, your there's gadgets? there's a gadget yeah. wheel. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And to be clear, just for those who haven't played the game yet, which will be many by the time they're listening to this podcast, I'm sure, is like you hold down L1 for like special abilities mapped to the face buttons, and for gadgets now you hold down R1 and special abilities are mapped to the face button. So you'd never pause combat ever. No. Yeah. No. Even it's, in Miles, yeah, there great. were some gadgets that you did have like the wheel for, but there's only okay. four, and now it's all it's all face buttons. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. I would say like uh, the other big thing with like the combat improvements is that the enemies, especially like the harder ones, feel less annoying to fight. Like that was something that would get uh, certain enemies, especially like shield guys in the other two games, would be kind of a pain. Where every time they sh- or like the big like burly dudes, like the heavies, basically whenever they storm the field, I would just be like, oh, all right, I don't, I really don't want to deal with this guy because it's kind of like you kind of had to yeah. do sort of the same. thing things to get rid of like all right i'm gonna slide under them and hit them from behind and slide under them and hit them from behind um and because of your new tools like especially that parry move that you have now like it just feels like they they are just less of a problem because i have new ways to deal with them and you know like oh i could parry them and block them out there's like i got an upgrade for the parry where like oh yeah if you if you nail a parry they drop their weapons so you just disarm them, which is oh, like yeah, that's super cool. yeah. nice. Because <laughs> then, you know, you could also just yank their guns at them and throw them. But it's like to have like, again, alternate ways of doing the same thing that ultimately helps you is nice. And you just feel just more versatile as a as a, as a character. Um, and I, especially like I like that they have the shared tree with Peter and Miles where like those general upgrades are all there. So they both get it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't I never dreaded combat in the first two games like I've always thought the combat in those games were, were really good and like and probably honestly if we're being if we're going to be truthful probably better than the Arkham combat that kind of inspired it at this point. I'm not ready to have that conversation. No, I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah. I am. I Arkham I, is better. Okay. I think <laughs> I, I prefer I am. Arkham. I I prefer Arkham just cuz of the um like the sort of rhythmic you get into the zone I feel like easier in Arkham. Uh but that's we don't yeah, yeah. they're both good <laughs> we can know? have that's like I, we can have this debate if we want and again I'm yeah not, i mean <laughs> no, I love with the, the, with the web wings and like and the way it feels kind of you know like archimy a little bit right there's like at least some sure, yeah no it's insomniac looked at it and been, and was probably like let's let's try to do this let's try to not do this you know there's there's a, the venn diagram overlaps a little bit um it, it is interesting you know that the, how the, the, the true comparison is that they both feel like Mario's cape. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> like, yeah, let's just be true. real. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, but yeah, like uh, like I said, like making those uh those combat uh the the annoying parts of like dealing with enemies uh less annoying. I, I greatly yeah. appreciate, especially because you're you're fighting a lot of them <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, one thing that they, I think they said it in a presentation at some point, which I didn't really clock until I was like playing it. They they do contextualize like what why the Spider Men have like I think they have like new glasses or something that throws a lot more on screen on the map, right? Like you can see more things to do off in the distance without entering the map. Oh, which like is one of those things scanner thing that just yeah, like, like instead of like okay, I'm gonna go to the map because I gotta go do this you know fight sequence or whatever like you can just kind of see it in the distance you know what i've and also that's something done I, I, have you guys done this too where i feel like in this game i've not i've purposely not looked at the map i've kind of just swung around and then have very more naturally like oh i found a thing i'll go do it or like i'm on my way to a mission and then it's like oh there's a crime here i'm gonna go it's nearby i'm gonna go do it like i i feel like i'm taking a more organic approach to 
exploration almost like zelda style like if i see it i'll yeah. do it but otherwise i'm not gonna like go into map and pin something well know? i mean that that's that's what i'm getting at is like i think that they went out of their way to make that easier to do and they were very successful like i'm very complimentary to them because like it wasn't until the end of the game when i was trying to 100 percent anything that i started looking at the map because then it came down to like all right i got two more of these things where are they yeah but like really it does such a good job of like 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 we said like you don't have to slow down time to go into a gadget wheel you don't have to enter a map really to like find things to do i i think they were really successful in that regard and like it's one of those things that you know i didn't really think about that much in the in the previous two games where it's like yeah i'm checking the map it's fine it loads fast but like to basically almost never have to check the map anymore is is awesome and it's like one of those features i didn't know i wanted until i had it there's also the the friendly neighborhood spider-man app is returning and that has your missions in it so even if yes. you were like i was looking at a different mission and i want to select a different thing you can just swipe on the d or the touchpad and then just select that yeah, yeah. i would like to know because you guys have finished it and I've, I've only started to sort of like peel the layers back on this but i i, I it seems like the side quests have a lot more meat to them where like the ones that i've kind of started doing it's like oh there's like a whole story here like they feel like it's not just like oh go fight some dudes and then just get tokens and then move on it's like you're still doing that but there's like um like narrative almost like little side campaigns tied to them where it's like okay this seems like this has like a like an entire like a real story thread of like a beginning middle and end. is that accurate they they do have there's like the friendly neighborhood spider-man quests which i really really love um those are like I don't know why that's exactly what they're called, but they're the side quests. And those are the ones they'll be so little, but it'll be like, Hey, Spider-Man, I'm taking this picture. And then he's like, huh, that reminds me of when I took my first picture. And then you have like a flashback <laughs> sequence okay. or like, uh, I don't know. I love, I love that kind of stuff because even if it's little, like kind of stupid things that you're doing, the fact that there's like a narrative threading it together, it feels so much more meaningful um and then also I mean, even, even collecting the spider bots i felt like yeah you know you collect a certain amount and then you hear from what's his what's Genki. miles's ganky and he'd have a little update for you it's like here's here's what we're building towards as you're collecting these things and it's like yeah even that which is probably i don't know the i guess you could say the weakest collectible in the game is like there's still quite a bit of incentive there to, to chase those. And I, and I wanted to find them all. And uh, I, I was excited to. Yeah. Same with the photo off stuff. Like I, I really liked yes. doing that in the first game and I, I've loved doing it just as much here, but I, I even like, cause you're sending them to Robbie Robertson at the, at the bugle and then he'll call and give like context of like, cause he just wants you to go around and take pictures of New York. I'm like, yeah, capture the city, you know, capture the like images that really, you know, illustrate the heart of what New York city is. So it's just like, Sometimes it's like something as someone's like, oh, these two people are playing chess in the park. Or it's just like weird stuff that you'll come across. With like well, these these, these civilians are doing something very odd, but it's also very New York. Um, it is a lot of like if there was a dialogue option button to just be like, damn, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> like he's kind of yeah. like, ah, I remember this. And then I'm like swinging around. I'm like, yeah, that's. That's great, Robbie. That's he's very funny. polite about it. Too. Yeah, he's like, these weirdos are. God bless him. Is basically what he but says. I did. Yeah, coming up on the end of the game, it was like it's another one of those things. Like it's taking a step back and reflecting on it, where I was like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I ever got an annoyed. I don't even know if annoyed is the right word, but like where you were repeating the same quest type. 
over the course of the game, right? I felt like every time I was doing something, there was some little nugget that made it interesting and didn't feel like... Like, in the past game where there might have been, like, ten versions of this mission, this time there's only, like, six, you know? Like, that kind of thing. Like, it just makes it a little more uh, unique throughout, and you're doing more different things throughout the course of the game, which I, I liked quite a bit. Yeah. I want to know, like... Because there, uh, from what I even from what I play, there's quite a few missions where it's like you're not necessarily Spider-Man or you're not swinging around. There's like a lot of, uh, I guess, walking and talking missions, for lack of a better term, kind of like more uh, like narrative delivery of like, again, I don't want to get specific, but there was like a segment I did with like Peter and MJ and, and, and Harry. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're just going to have fun. And you're, it's yeah. like this long, like surprisingly elaborate <laughs> just segment where you're just walking around doing like stuff at a at this place and you're just having a good time. And it's like, you know, you're it's developing their characters and, and like setting up the next big thing. But it's like a lengthy sequence where I was like, OK, I'm going to do everything I can in this little like hub that you've given me. But like even there was like sequences before that where you're kind of doing that stuff. And I does that happen at a like a pretty frequent rate of like segments like that and did you guys like like that stuff or did you feel it took you out of the action or i don't think there's any as long as the one i'm pretty sure you're describing off the top of my head uh but they they are front loaded i think yeah yeah i mean but there are like a good number of them and i do i really like the way it kind of slows the game down a little bit and uh i don't know with something as fast-paced as this it's always good to me to have those like personal character moments that aren't just like peter (laughs) swinging and answering answering phone calls the whole time like it is like oh no these are people he knows these are his friends or he has an actual relationship with miles and they have to you know balance their responsibilities or whatever um yeah i really like those i also i a a fear I guess it's again fear is probably too strong a word but I I don't really like multiple protagonists in games in general I usually just want to focus on one character and really learn that character but um I I think that they did a great job at like letting the Venn diagram of the two Spider-Man overlap in the right places like because you know like swinging it doesn't really feel different between the two of them and combat feels you know somewhat different but not like radically different and then it really comes down to like which character you want to be at which moment like they're written quite differently you know and they have their own different motivations and stuff so like i was surprised and happy to find that i like i was switching between them with frequency and enjoying both the same level if if that makes sense because i was worried i'd be like well i just always want to be miles why would i ever want to be the old man i'm just going to i'm going to be the The 25 year old uh, old man (laughs) (laughs) but i i i was i was switching between both of them often and 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 liked both of them for different reasons which i was happy about i think it helps that this game they almost followed the mcu template of like they they had two previous games that focused entirely on one of the spider-men to where you got to know them or like this version of them before bringing them together for this third game because it, it like like i i have a similar anxiety with multiple protagonists like you kyle where it's like uh that can work but you know sometimes even it's just out of laziness i'm like i just don't want to switch one person <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like now nah, i have like am i spending too much time with this person i should probably check in on franklin i'm talking about gta 5 or something but um but like i think because 
they already like have developed these characters very well in the two previous games. It's like, oh, I already know Peter and Miles. Like I and they we've already seen them interact quite a bit in those two games. So where I I don't know it, a lot of that weight of like I I won't get the same character development if I if I'm only one. You know, it, it's like lifted because it's like yeah yeah I played a whole game with Miles and I I love hanging out with him here, but I I I can feel okay leaving him alone for a bit to go see what peter's up to yeah uh, so you know i think that works in their favor too <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah i um again being very vague you guys have finished the game how does the story stack up because i think the story of the last two games are very good again like it's some of the best spider-man work i i think i've ever seen especially recently uh does this live up to that? Like, where does the story kind of like rank compared to the last two games? You? It personally, it's 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 uh, I, I I don't want to come off as too negative. I, I liked the story. It's my least favorite of the three. Okay. Um, I sorry, I would guys, probably <laughs> I would probably agree, but with the caveat of like still like you know yeah. better storytelling than 95 percent of games. Like I I I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um. My favorite is Miles still. Um, I think I think my thing, I, I do agree with Kyle's note about the symbiote. We don't have to get too specific into it, but um, the way it can affect a character, I think the appeal of it with any kind of like dark magic force in kind of this kind of fantasy fiction is the idea that like you have these, you know, angry beliefs or whatever. And this is something that's going to evoke them and make them come out a little stronger. And I felt like in this game, every time it happened, it wasn't so much that it was accentuating things they already felt as much as it was like, whoa, I don't know where that came from. But you're, <laughs> it's like it fat. You're it's like way angrier this. than you were now. Yeah. yeah. There's one, yeah. there's one specific instance where, well, I don't, I'm not even going to say it, but just, just, yeah, we points. don't want to get into the specifics. I, so. I mean, I, yeah. again, I like, uh i think one of the i think the symbiote story works in instances like um especially like in tv shows where you've seen like you've seen peter have like some hard times before he gets the suit so mm-hmm. it makes sense why he would be angry of like like i think about spectacular spider-man which is an amazing show and one of the most like it's criminal that show got canceled we won't get into it but, uh, <laughs> but I, I i think the black suit storyline in that game or game show is done really well because they build up like hey peter's having a hard time right now and then he happens to get this suit that seems like it's the answer to his problems but it just makes them worse but it feels earned of like yeah he's upset he was already upset about this this is just amplifying that in a way that it, it is making the situation worse you know yeah um instead of just feeling like whoa what you like you seem fine yesterday where's this coming from (laughs) i will say like outside of the symbiote stuff it did surprise me with characters that i ended up liking a lot more than i thought i would like craven ended up kind of hitting different for me where i was like "Eh, i don't know this is kind of like a b-tier spider-man villain and then like as his arc starts coming to a close i was like oh okay like this is more interesting than i thought it would be um also he feels scary in this game yeah yeah it feels like like you said like i i've always liked craven but he's not someone i ever like he's not green goblin of like when green goblin shows up you're like oh it's it's real yeah. now like we better watch out <laughs> like craven's kind of like hey eh, he's here to cause some trouble for like a week and you know, yeah, be he's, dealt with. he's a great one gonna... episode of the spectacular spider-man <laughs> we can go to the next <laughs> week or whatever um the other character i was gonna say is norman osborne like 
weirdly, I just kept sympathizing with this guy. He's kind of like a notoriously yeah, he's well done. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know, evil, terrible Marvel person. <laughs> yeah. But this was one where I was like, I mean, not saying he was a good person. I would say, what right is this thing, saying about you, Charles? Just <laughs> <laughs> you're sympathizing with Norman Osborn. <laughs> I just was surprised that I I feel like there's there's never been a a point in something like this where they make it where. Where they're just like, yeah, I mean, this is a character's. Well, never mind. I, I'm. It's hard to say stuff without spoiling, and I'm not gonna spoil. Yeah, let's else, save for the spoiler cast where we can. I like. I'm with you, Charles. Like, I was like, you know, you, you kind of. I didn't expect much from him, and and maybe that helped me. Maybe my yeah. expectations Which is, be uh, exceeded. Yeah. I mean, even that's weird to say about Norman, who's such a a pivotal character in, in Spider-Man lore to be like, I don't expect much from that guy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, in this universe, he's, you know, he yeah, he's, hasn't he, really, he's been a non-factor. Been, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my favorite, my favorite part of the game, just in general is, is miles and Peter and like the sort of, you know, teacher relationship that's sort of growing over the course of the game. And like miles is a very talented Spider-Man and, and not, and Peter's not like threatened by that or anything. And that, and I kind of like that story you know i like that element of like yeah we're gonna work together we're gonna make this thing work you know yeah i like what i've seen of harry so far again you guys have seen obviously his whole whatever arc yeah, yeah. in this game but like i feel like harry's characterization can change dramatically depending on who the like the adaptation i feel like that character has been so many different things and 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 like types of friend to peter <laughs> you know but i think like i immediately kind of fell in love with this particular version of him of like he seems like again from what i have played like i like this dude like he seems like a, a good kid and like and his relationship with peter feels like really earnest and like like uh, like i believe it basically like you're almost happy to see them together of like yeah they i like what you guys got going on don't i hope this lasts I have doubts, but I hope this lasts. There's like a version no, of Peter Harry. has a good track record of people close to him or <laughs> remaining close to him and his life continuing normally. Being yeah. okay and good people. <laughs> Both of those things every time. Yeah, there's definitely a version of Harry, depending on like what Spider-Man incarnation you're looking at, where he's like, I don't know, kind of annoying or kind of spoiled. And this is definitely one where it's like animated series Harry. <laughs> it's probably is, the worst Harry. <laughs> definitely one where it's like, man, Pete really needed a friend, and this guy is delivering. And that's he nice. was. He counts as a friend. Uh yeah, you guys any I mean, I'm sure it's um a misnomer to say final thoughts, because I think we're gonna be talking about Spider Man for a while, uh, in the coming weeks. But do you guys have any currently final thoughts before the world gets its hands on the game? I had one last thought, which is I was going to say, well, now no I'm trying spoilers. to say, it's don't, not, I don't, don't I'm not spoiling careful, anything. Careful. <laughs> Spider sense is going uh, off. Just, just that Marcus was talking I'm hitting about circle. I'm mashing circle. how he liked uh, that some, he felt like enemies were less annoying in this game. And my point was going to be late game. There is a type of enemy that I did find annoying and that okay. it was a thing where like I was 100%ing the game and swinging around and the enemies would show up on my like crime radar and I was like I'm not doing that. <laughs> Those guys you text I mean, back the person that's helping he's like no call, thank you. <laughs> call the cops man. I got I Just got a spider bot to find. Um and yeah it, specifically like super bulky health bars. It was just a thing where I I like I like earlier enemies more I guess as well. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but a uh, good game. Yeah, you good can game. read Matt's uh, full review on GameInformer.com. Like I said, he gave it a 9.5. Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Oh, do you guys know the release date off the top of your head? October 20th. 20th. Friday. October 20th. Okay, so like, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, the day it comes out tomorrow. And we will uh, have, uh, like the day this comes out, we will have streamed it earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you really watch, early you in can, the day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started because I'll be the one that have done it. <laughs> uh, so you can watch that uh, archive on our, our YouTube, our second YouTube channel, uh, Game Informer Shows, where all of our Twitch archives and longer form content lives. Yeah, which is a great uh, transition into some housekeeping. And which is like, I, we should uh, plug, we, we plug that channel every week, I think. But yeah, we have. We have our main YouTube channel, and then we have Game Informer shows. And I, I people have asked me because I was I was like pushing it and like reminding people that it existed recently, and they're like, why don't why do you guys have two channels? And like I I think it's worth sharing that it's like it's a matter of like trying to do the best we can with YouTube's algorithm. You know, like we try to have a channel that's all big new stuff for you guys to to find, and and we'll hopefully get lots of hits. And then we have this other channel that's like our more long form stuff and more personality driven. And so we hope you subscribe to both and find both. Because that's where you'll find stuff like uh, Replay, where uh, Charles and I were playing Assassin's Creed recently, which was a lot of fun. The original Assassin's Creed. Marcus and I just finished up uh, Mortal Kombat 9, and we are moving... It. Did we can say now, right? We were yeah, we announced it on Replay. I went and tracked down a copy of the original Yo. PlayStation Spider-Man game, trying to get the glare off yes. of it, which now I have to ship to Marcus. Yes, <laughs> so this is the, the 2000 it. PlayStation 1 Neversoft game. Yeah, which That's I've it. never played. I I was you know I I just I it, I I would I was a Nintendo sixty four kid at that time, so I'm very excited to see this game. Yeah, this, that was my favorite Spider Man until twenty eighteen Insomniac. So a long run that it had. <laughs> that well, game, Spider Man two, right? Uh, I, I still put I the game. other one over. The web swing in <laughs> Spider Man two, sure, but as a complete package, I still took the NeverSoft one. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, that game has a really good case of old game. Uh, uh, explaining controls and not really caring that it doesn't make sense I, I i'm pretty sure there's a part where black cat goes like press the square button to punch spider and is I, she yeah, a I southerner in that game i don't know if she's southerner but she calls him spider hey sweetheart that's, uh, that's like I, I love that's a metal gear solid thing too as well what characters will be like snake you're gonna have to hit x to crouch and he's well, i think like, oh uh, okay. They sure. zoom in on Spider-Man's web shooters, and you realize he has face buttons that activates his different gadgets. So it actually, like, the A button is what shoots the ricochet web. So it makes oh, sense. Yeah. There we go. Even though there's no A button, you know, I use game controllers <laughs> to control submarines. He applied that logic to his web shooters because it's just wow. it's easier for him to understand. <laughs> but yeah a couple other plugs uh twitch.tv slash game informer where we'll we will where marcus and i will be playing spider-man charles you're welcome to join uh you're not always here on fridays but you can always swing in and play some spider-man that's right i I said it saw what you did there and then uh yeah we always want to shout out that at uh gamestop stores you can buy single issues of game informer the price is 7.99 uh for those issues so i think right now right now you should be able to buy mario wonder i imagine the stores probably have the mario Wonder. big chunk and elephant mario on the cover i know that cover's so great can't miss them <laughs> but yeah uh before we go, close out today we'll 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 answer we'll answer a couple questions how's that sound guys yeah yeah okay let's see ask me so anything this, ama all right this is from chain whipping whipping 
Uh, with so many of today's major AAA games going open world or hub style open world, what makes the best worlds stand out or worth exploring? What are you sick and tired of doing in them? And what are some places you might want to op- might want an open world game set? Uh, sorry, I cheated with three questions. Love you, crew. Uh, yeah, it's fine. We'll we'll give it to you. My um, it's a kind of a joke answer, kind of a real answer. The open world game that I want is is the the small town that I grew up in. Like that's that's what I want, and it's like obviously I don't really expect them to feature you know Florence, South Carolina as the city in the next Grand Theft Auto, the next Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but what I but what I'm getting at is like I want a game that kind of feels sort sort of like a small town, if that makes sense. Like not like oh, I'm not talking about like you know a, a town with like just a handful of houses and a stoplight. Like I mean a town that has like a Target and a Walmart and like you know a mall and a theater. And but it's like small and navigable, and every house looks unique. And like that's I kind of like that small town America. I want as like an open world. It's like game the town where really, everybody knows each other, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Maybe like the next step up from that, right? Like, okay. I, but I because we are so focused in video games on like big metropolises and these big massive cities, which are cool. And I have there's a lot of games that I love that are like that. But um, yeah, I want I want something sm- on a smaller scale with more detail. You know, like I was gonna ask, like I don't know, did you play a it's a different style of game, but like Life is Strange, True Colors, kind of leaned into that. No, but that's yeah, like kind of like that, but in like a, like an open world as opposed to like a like a, I don't know yeah, what you would call those. You could, you could kind yeah. of explore on your own, but like I said, it's a it's not it's like open two world. streets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just want I just want there to be the house that is you know there's the two neighbors who are clearly having an ongoing battle of like one takes care of the yard and one doesn't you know and stuff like that like and right. just those little stories you know everywhere I think that I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I um. I mean, I, I think in a post Breath of the Wild world, I, in terms of like big open world games, I just want more games like that. And thankfully, we're getting more of that of like less is more in terms of like navigation and doing to do. Like Elden Ring nailed this last year too. Of like, just give me a cool open world that shows me why it's cool instead of telling me why it's cool with icons and That's stuff. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <clears throat> like when I just look at the horizon and I see some weird looking thing and I'm like, what is is that i'm gonna go over there <laughs> you know and then you find you get in whatever little misadventure that takes place there like you know ultimately it's just like don't just less direction you know sure yeah and, and then you just sort of like design the world to just make it more visually inviting to it's where like i don't need that like let me decide if i want to investigate why that giant tree is like glowing and and like weird or why there's a dragon perched on that like tower like you know like stuff like that it like you can apply that to pretty much any sort of like type of open world you know whether it's fantasy or sci-fi or small town north carolina i guess but, like, yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah so i don't i don't have like a specific off the top of my head i'm trying to think of like because they asked like where we would want it I don't know if I have that uh, ready. But. Yeah. They, uh, what are some places that yeah. you might want to know? Well, I'll let uh, Charles answer the first part of this question before we tackle that. Yeah. I I think my, my answer to this is something I think about a lot. I think the difference to me between a good open world and great open world is the way I can move around it. Because to me, that's going to really define whether or not I even feel incentivized to go to all the places. 
So Spider-Man is a perfect example. It's always like my go-to example of this is like, I like web swinging. I like moving from point A to point B. So I'm just gonna 100% that world because I can. I think the other instance of it was Mario Odyssey. It's not an open world, but that was a game where once it was done, I was like, oh, I, I like jumping and diving and throwing my hat at stuff so much that I want to see more of this world. So I think I, I'm having a hard time thinking of like, a super specific instance i guess sometimes assassin's creed worlds though they do have like good parkour it sometimes is like clumsy for me to get from like one side of the map all the way to the other side of the map or something um maybe i'm just saying that because i played so many assassin's creed games this year and i'm yeah, yeah sick of them uh but yeah i think i think to me the movement of how you go from one point to another point is as important to me as the actual stuff that's in there right uh, and then yeah, uh, no, makes sense. location uh no <laughs> nope oh the film don't go nope. anywhere the film no you want to on <laughs> that farm nope. that's kind of small town yeah really yeah. I, I i can think of like i want a superman game all right i want a. there's a lot of like i can think of characters i would rather adapt than like locations <laughs> i'd say we are getting a game set in metropolis next year with that suicide squad game so you're kind of getting your wish. oh i guess so. that's true. now <laughs> yeah. if it's fun to move around in which is unclear at this I, point you move around like crackdown it looks like <laughs> a lot of jumping around <laughs> and stuff crackdown's, like, crackdown's fun, fun. Yeah. yeah you know what atlantis I know that Assassin's Creed DLC sort of did that. Let's give us a full game set in Atlantis. What was that? Was Aquaman sixty four? Was that a? Was there an? Oh, there was like a GameCube 64? era Aquaman game that was supposed to be. Awful. What was the? Was it? I, I'm thinking of the. There was like Superman sixty four, and then there was like a very similar Aquaman game. Yeah, I think that was on like PS two and GameCube. Yeah, um, give us. That was supposed to be awful. I mean, it doesn't have to be DC's Atlantis, but... but I mean, there, was a, there was a game called Aquaman Battle for Atlantis. That uh, might be IG, IGN gave it a 3 out of 10. Yeah, I'm baby. seeing on the... <laughs> oh, we gave it a 2. We gave, oh, there we go. I think I vaguely remember this. This it, It's hard to remember pre-Jason Momoa Aquaman now. I remember working at a GameStop and having a lot of used copies of that game. That's mm. what I remember. Mm, he um, sent them to the fishes. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll fix it in post. Don't worry. About it. Uh, <laughs> Insert a funnier joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't even get through the joke before. Right, jettisoned it. Let's see. We got another question here. Um, Quillgrim asks if you could import one mechanic from any game to any other game, what would your picks be? How about Spider-Man web swinging in a Sly Cooper game? Like kind of like the yes, the, the later good. Sly Coopers are kind of a little more opening. Yeah, we could like he just has like a grapple hook basically because he's you know a thief. He's got tools, but he just he could get around as gracefully and quickly as Spider Man, and maybe he could have the wingsuit too because that's like a a thief could have that because they have all kinds of tools. They gotta yeah. get around. I remember I was playing. I I reviewed Quest, in which you can find my review on the site. And I was, I, I'm trying to look up what the game was, but I was, I had, you know, I was in the middle of playing Spider-Man. I was also reviewing Quest and I booted up this game called, here, any second now, Resist is what the game was called, Resist. And the game opens up and you're on like a city street, like looking up at buildings and stuff. And it was like, in my head, I was like, oh yeah, you know, if I was playing Spider-Man, 
I could like swing between these buildings and stuff like that. That'd be cool. But this isn't what that game is. And then I played for like another 10 minutes and that is 150% what that game was. You unlock web swinging. It's, it's, it's called web swinging in VR. And you basically like careen, you know, through buildings and like shoot, you know, webs at the buildings and stuff like that to swing. And I was like, oh my God, this is wild. You know what's it was, wild? It was pretty fun. <laughs> it was why that reminded me real quick is that Sonic Superstars, the Chaos Emerald stages, is web swinging. Oh, like, really? I just oh, remembered yeah. that. Because you're like in this weird void and there's all these floating nodes and the emeralds like running away from you basically. And the way you chase it is that you have to shoot these energy strands and you're like swinging your way to it. And I remember playing thinking like, huh. Two two web swinging video games in the same week. That's <laughs> all. The answer is just web swinging. Um, because Spider Man is just on my brain, and I'm sure this is the case with both of you guys. And we didn't talk about how Spider Man Two doesn't have loading at all. Oh, oh yeah, the, the fast wild. travel is amazing. It's bizarre. That's what I'm saying. Actually, the fast travel, which I didn't quite understand how it worked uh, until after a while. But like, the way it works is like you unlock fast travel in the sections as you progress through the game, and once you have that section unlocked, you you put your cursor anywhere in that section and you hold down triangle and you're instantly there. You get a cool animation of Spider-Man like swing into the spot. And I was like, well, this is how fast travel has to be for the rest of time. Like you just press a spot on the map and you're there instantly. Like that's it's, that's crazy. It, it might be the purest delivery of the promise of like the PS5 fast loading thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like, oh yeah, this is what I expected when they first showed that off three years ago <laughs> switching between miles and peter is instantaneous fast traveling is instantaneous there is i it was i had a moment like partway through the game where i was like oh yeah in spider-man one you actually i remember looking at like slow moving images often and they would show off all the suits you unlocked and stuff and it wasn't until i was like 60 70 percent of the game i was like oh yeah i haven't i haven't seen a loading screen this whole time that is insane yeah you're saying that's the mechanic you want in other games is instantaneous fast travel yeah yeah that i not to fast travel points on the map but just like literally anywhere i click yeah take me there yeah, please yeah. charles do you have an answer for this the best i could think of is i want more pokeballs in different games i couldn't <laughs> think of i couldn't think of the best game to add pokeballs to off the top of my head but i do just love the idea of I don't know. In like Starfield, there's a bunch of weird aliens. I love to just catch some of them and then have. Oh, so them you just for later. you just want to? It's not the Pokeball. It's just the mechanic of you get to take the monsters and you just have them as yours. Well, but it ha- I mean, it's not as fun if it's not you know Pokeball. Like you want something. Yeah, I guess you want a device that you can throw and it yeah. sucks things up. Yeah, and you can. But but then they're your friends also. The mind washing capabilities. I mean, of the they might be. <laughs> Yeah. Is it friends Depends that are on your forced level. into it? Yeah. <laughs> in, in Pokemon, yes. Yeah, you yeah. think when Pokemon got popular and kids were all excited about the concept of a Pokeball, Dan Aykroyd and the rest of the creators of the Ghostbusters were like, that's our thing. Like, we had the ghost trap. You throw that at the bad thing and then you capture it. That We created that. They're probably upset about it. Do you think that sure they... Dan Aykroyd loses sleep over Pokemon. I mean, if they ever modernize Ghostbusters, maybe that's just what the ghost trap is now, which is a little ball they throw. Maybe. Yeah. You're, are you saying that you you didn't... You completely forgot about the recent Ghostbusters movie that took place in whatever I, year it came out? <laughs> I, I like that movie, actually. Um, actually... I liked, uh, I liked some of that movie. Yeah. The ending... <laughs> made me tear up oh, and really? maybe that's just because i'm such a ghostbusters fan that it the just, ending it just hit me made in the feels me think, 
the ending made me think maybe this is a bad idea and we should have done this. <laughs> so you, you cried in a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that, that movie has some good stuff going for it. Uh, but it really, I do feel like it just came and went all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, it totally did. They're making a sequel, apparently. Yeah, maybe that'll be better. All right, here, last question here from uh, Ace, Ace Click, uh, Cody Gibson. Uh, hey guys, Spider-Man 2 Big Talker, but as it's a sequel to a much-loved game, it got me wondering, when a game like this comes out, how often do you go back and replay the original? Or is just enough to get that previously on clip? Is it just enough to get the previously on clip? I replayed both Miles Morales and 2018 earlier this year. I'm so hyped and ready to jump in right away. I, I like, never ever do that <laughs> I, I don't know why i mean i actually i've been thinking i've for the first time in my life i was kind of thinking maybe i should do it with alan wake because it's been like a decade since i played that game and it's kind of a confusing game it would be nice to have the story fresh getting to go, going into the sequel but usually i feel like i'm wasting like let's sw- i'm so excited to web swing in spider-man 2 right i don't want to waste that web swinging on site excitement by going back and playing first two games is that stupid that's no, you don't know, know what you mean. I feel about yeah. it yeah i mean this i have two answers for this depending on what i'm replaying it for so i rarely replay games in general like very rarely uh i treat them like books <laughs> you know it's like oh this was good i'm moving on to the next book uh so even for games that i haven't like if there's like a long gap between sequels i think one i tend to have a pretty good memory right i don't really feel like need to to remember stuff like it's like oh, i remember the broad strokes at the very least you know and you know it might not even matter depending on the game but then one i'm afraid if i replay it i i'll burn myself out on it if it's similar enough to what came before so like spider-man it's like i love those games but like i don't want to get i'm not going to replay two open world games <laughs> before this other big open world game comes out um and then also just like uh if i if I do need a refresher, I'll just like, honestly, I'll just read the Wikipedia synopsis. Like, cause sometimes that's, if it's like a story thing, just reading it is enough to be like, Oh, I remember this now. Like I read a few lines and then it, you know, it fills in the gaps and it all comes back to you. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Um, but yeah, a lot of that, it's kind of like you, Kyrie, you kind of want to preserve that. Like it's been five years since this game. I don't want to, I, I, I'm all that built up is like ready to go. I don't want to like expend the meter on the game. Yeah, I already yeah, yeah. finished. It's like, I want to, I want to blow my whole meter on this game, <laughs> this new game coming out. So I don't. But however, if it's for work, if it's a sequel to something I haven't played in a while for work, I will I will do a little bit more due diligence just because of like if I need to see mechanically how this has aged, you know, or especially if, it, if they change it in some way or just a new system where like I'll get in there for a bit and be like, okay, this is how this played now. Now I can compare it to whatever they did for the follow up. So in that case, I might check it out for a bit, but if it's on my own time, almost certainly not. I replay games fairly regularly. Um, so the Spider-Man games, I think, are a bad example for me because I sometimes will just be like having a bad day and I will just boot up a 100% completed save of either Spider-Man games and you can just swing around and do crimes. I was like, that's great. That's all I want. I Wait, do, do crimes? <laughs> Sorry, it's, uh, uh, it's stop crime. Like, Which I guess technically, I mean, you're vigilante people, is a, is a yeah. crime, you know, technically. Um, <laughs> sometimes I think it's warranted. 
And as I was th- as I was thinking, I'm going to say that this is a good idea. I was just remembering of my personal year. Um, I played so many Assassin's Creed games. And can I tell you, I am not into Mirage because I'm so sick of playing <laughs> Assassin's Creed games. And if oh, I hadn't no. just played 10 Assassin's Creed games or however many I played, then it would have felt way more fresh and new. And instead it was just like, I don't know. I prepared for eating dinner by eating 10 meals beforehand, and now I'm not <laughs> hungry for dinner anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other example, uh. Kyle, you mentioned Alan Wake. Last time I was on the show, I was like, should I play the first Alan Wake before Alan Wake 2? And you said no. You said just play Alan Wake 2. That's kind of fine. always my answer. Yeah. I always tell people, just play the new thing. Well, <laughs> I played the old thing, and I kind of wish I hadn't. Oh, really? why? I don't think it's aged very well. I, I think I, the whole time I was playing it, I was thinking, man, I should have listened to Kyle. Is thir- that what oh, honestly, <laughs> if, if this game had been made 13 years later and the mechanics were a little bit improved and the storytelling was modernized, this game would go so hard. And instead, it felt very, I don't know, I beat, I beat it literally yesterday. So I haven't really like processed my thoughts on it a whole lot, but it felt it felt surprisingly out of date. And so yeah. even the most recent example of it me being like... It is a 13-year-old game, to be fair. You know, yeah. yeah. Even the most recent example of me being like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to play this game and then I'm going to catch myself up, I regret doing. So I think it depends on the type of person. It also depends on how into the games you are. Yeah, but I, we, I've answered this question before. Um, but yeah, Marcus, like it, it, people... I'm just... Oh, every time that question comes up, it doesn't matter what game it is. I'm like, just play the new thing that everyone's talking about, everyone's excited about. Like, you'll be fine. Are you I'm not- a... I, I'm a sicko that skipped Mass Effect 1. And you know what? I was like perfectly fine. I just went 2 and 3. Like just play the thing that everyone's into and excited about. You don't want to be like seeing everyone's social media posts about how much fun they're having in Spider-Man 2 and being like, oh, I got to finish Miles Morales before I can do that thing everyone else is doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, in that case, and this is something I've been grateful for for like modern gaming is that so many more series will do the big like recap thing. Like they have a video that plays. It's like, hey, you didn't play these. Here's a oh oh Spider Man two I think may have I, I got to check my it does check my it notes does here. it, it prompts it prompts you in the beginning like hey you want to watch this oh, oh no I know I was I was I was gonna make a joke that it's the first good one that actually <laughs> truly like tells oh. you what happened in the last game oh yeah the, wow. um... it's always just a montage of nothing that I'm like that I'm as I'm more confused now. <laughs> <laughs> I think the like the worst example of that was the recap for Kingdom Hearts three. That was like, let's well, try to sell well, that was a lost cause, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you would expect, like, this series is so confusing. I'm sure Square Enix, more than anyone, can simplify this for everyone. And like like the way you said, if like, this is a bunch of out-of-context clips that does not explain how anything in this universe works. A shoulder so like, shrug emoji would have been as effective, <laughs> I think. Yeah, you're like, turns out you're better just watching a 40-minute YouTube video with at least the person breaking down everything in a way that makes sense. Yeah, Or just um, or just be friends with someone who loves Kingdom Hearts and be true. like, all right, let's go out to dinner and you just, like, you explain this thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> you're paying. Uh, so, yeah. I so But thankfully, I... I think games are getting better about their recap videos in general. Yeah. I think God of War had a pretty good one too, from what, yeah. like Ragnarok, from what I remember. I th- uh, the thing that I liked about Spider Man's was even though it was cheesy, um, and it has a narration that's in universe, right? Like, 
I, I guess it, I, we can't really spoil the recap, I guess, but it's like it, it's Peter and Miles talking to each other about, oh, remember when this happened, you know? And it's like, that's, I want, I just, I need, just get a YouTuber. Like, if you're a developer of a big popular franchise, hire a YouTuber to make, like, a recap for you. And, like, let them just narrate it. And, like, it's just, <laughs> it's like, it's not even their video. It's just, like, straight up a YouTube video that they just posted in the game. <laughs> it's I mean, a, yeah, it's a QR honestly, code. Truly, <laughs> I, I would be totally fine with that. Honestly, like, you know. What if it's, like, an annoying YouTuber, though? Like, if what if you click on it? What if like, that YouTuber like becomes Jake a problem Paul. a year later and they gotta, <laughs> yeah. they gotta patch out the recap? <laughs> Logan, did you say Logan Paul? I no. said Jake Paul, but Logan Paul oh, is also bad. One of the Pauls. Hey, Logan Paul's Paul fighting Rey Mysterio pretty soon. Okay. You I, like, I, like, I like the idea of Jake Paul being like, all right, here's what happened in the original Alan Wake. I'm, in, I'm YouTuber Jake Paul. <laughs> he's clearly like, holding up like, a script like, to his face. Yeah. I like a version well, of that where he's, he doesn't actually know what happened at all. He's He's like, uh, so then he's there's like a cabin, but there's not a cabin, and he's got it's like he keeps uh, losing his flashlight. That's he's, for bre- sure. he's breathing really heavy because they literally shoved a script <laughs> in his face when he just finished a boxing match. <laughs> he's still got was, his gloves on. I think it was it's dunk it's definitely Dunky, but I don't remember if it was Metal Gear Solid or Kingdom Hearts that they did a recap video. That the the thing that cracked me up about it that made it so funny and so well done is like ninety percent of it was accurate. But ten percent of it was like totally made up, and that ten percent that like felt like it wasn't made up because it fit in with the world. <laughs> they must have been Metal Gear Solid because I wouldn't have known Kingdom Hearts. But like I, I remember, I remember watching it and laughing and just being like, I mean, you're you're basically right, even though this is absolutely <laughs> absurd sounding. <laughs> I, 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 a good bit for this game, and this would have this would only occur just due to negligence. Would be like the the Spider Man Two recap story. But the footage from Spider-Man 1 is from, like, the launch version with Peter's old face. And it's just <laughs> spliced in with, like, the few times you see new face Peter and Miles Morales. And there's no explanation. Yeah. <laughs> so just That's, people are really confused. That That is a, a topic we don't need to go into too much because it is kind of like, you know, what's in Iron Man 2 where he's like, I'm here, get used to it. Like, that's the situation with that. But, like, it really, to me at least, because he appears in Miles so little it really playing Spider-Man 2 felt like, man, they recast Spider-Man. It's just what it felt like, you know, and we're just supposed <laughs> to ignore this. This is so weird. It's like you, but you created this, like this isn't a person. It's not like old Peter said something bad on Twitter. So he had to get rid of him. <laughs> it's there's like, there's guys... some weird story that Insomniac is unwilling to tell about why they had to change that face. I don't know. I, I think why. they said it fit your Lowenthal's face better. I think that was the reasoning. It was not a good reason. Like, that's, no, that's like 10 that's 10 percent of the reason they're not they can't share the other 90 percent. like that that strange. old face was modeled directly after a real person or something and like to avoid royalties or that person found out and they were like that's my face here what the i wasn't yeah. consulted about this and they very quietly settled out of court or something and were like yeah there's, there's something weird that happened there that will maybe yeah. right when Maybe in the interview where Kojima finally explains what happened between him and Konami, they'll also at the tail end of that throw in. Uh, by the way, here's why they remodeled uh, the face. Between it's like Spider-Man when uh, Lindsay Morales. Lohan tried to sue Rockstar because he thought the the San Andreas loading screen girl was modeled after her. Except, yeah. except this person was right. I guess. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. That's a that's an episode. This is kind of a long one today, but as it should be. We're talking Spider-Man and Mario and Sonic. It's a big week. 
But uh, thanks so much, Marcus. Thanks so much, Charles. Uh, you guys want to plug your social media? Where, where does everybody find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Blue Sky at Marcus Stewart Seven. I'm Chuck Duck three six five. Just everywhere. Yeah, uh, MySpace. primarily. <laughs> I tried to log into my MySpace account a couple a couple months ago. Last time we brought it up, it didn't go well. The bus um, of dust pour up, poured out of your computer. <laughs> it, it didn't go well. So <laughs> this, you didn't say it didn't work. It the like... site was like super broken, and but like I did have the password. It was a whole weird Tom, thing. Tom hasn't been there for a while. Nah, he's just you know, as most social media moguls should do. I think he just took the money and run. Like, yeah, just do that, you guys. What are you doing? But yeah, uh, blue sky predominantly these days, but still Twitter um, and TikTok. Uh, I like TikTok. I'm using it too much. I'm hitting that point now where I'm like, it's time to start putting restrictions on how much I'm looking at TikTok. Uh, parental controls for yourself. Yeah. Hey, I got them on. I got them on Twitter. Um, I don't have to use them as much these days, thankfully. But um, uh, anyway, that's the Game Informer show this week. Um, thanks for tuning in, and you know, check out uh, the Mario, the Sonic, and the Spider-Man reviews on the site. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Bye. Bye.